What's going on, boys? Welcome to another installment of Man Talk on the Positive Masculinity Podcast. We're going to cover topics ranging from discipline, mental toughness, self-awareness, and fitness, all the way through to being a caring, empathetic, protective, and strong man. Traditional masculinity has been completely lost, and it's often misrepresented in today's society. So it's my mission to help you guys remember and recognize what it means to be a valuable man. Now guys, for a limited time, I'm offering my five-day self-confidence challenge completely free, which is going to teach you exactly how to start developing your self-confidence today. So you can enroll for free at www.bettermindbody.com.au forward slash course forward slash five-day challenge. That's the number five-day challenge. The link will be in the show description. That being said, let's dive into today's installment of Mentor. All right, boys, on today's episode of Man Talk, we've got a man named Bruce Starr. Now, Bruce has spent over 30 years as a TV and a radio talk show host. He is an author of two books. He's a relationship coach. He is a presenter, a professional speaker. Thanks for coming on, brother. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do, Bruce? Thank you so much, uh, Nick. I appreciate you inviting me on your show. And I love uh, doing shows in Australia. I've got to tell you that... The person who got behind me 10, 12 years ago, when I was just uh, putting an ebook together on my book, was a guy all the way in Western Australia. And we would connect all the time. And you know what? It didn't matter if he was in the United States or Australia. Our connection was a great connection. He was a super guy and he encouraged me, you know, way in the beginning when uh, I was just kind of starting out. So, I've been studying relationships for over 40-something years, a long wow. time. And uh, I, it started when I was going to school in Boston. Let me tell you about Boston, Massachusetts. There's 124, mm. and there was years ago, it might, might have changed by now, 124 colleges and universities in the greater Boston, Massachusetts area. A lot of them girls' schools. And that means that every September, thousands and thousands of girls would come to Boston to become freshmen and go to college. Mm. So I found it pretty fascinating. (laughs) I bet you would. I loved it. and But, you know, along with that came confusion about uh why i uh wanted to be with some women and they didn't want to be with me and the ones that i didn't really care about being with that much i couldn't shake them loose and i I was very concerned and confused about relationships and i started studying it with any kind of philosophy on life that i could find that would help explain people to me and so uh, I've been a, a relationship coach. I do one-on-one relationship coaching from anywhere in the world, actually. Now that there's Zoom and mm. you're there and I'm here, I could be doing relationship coaching with you and it, it would be like we're in the same room. Mm. And why relationship coaching? You know, people, when they're having a tough time in relationships and love and they want to be in love, uh, they have to do what a company or a corporation does when they're not making money or part of their company's not making money, something's going wrong, they don't understand it. What do they do? They hire a consultant. 
So that's what a relationship coach is. Why struggle and, and be alone and lonely and maybe for the rest of your life when if you took a relationship coach, there's a great movie called Hitch where he was a relationship coach to a couple of guys. I really love that movie. And so with all the work I've done, TV and radio for since 1993, uh, I, I've just recently um, fulfilled a dream come true for me where I actually published soft cover books, two of them. One I've been working on for 30 years and one I'm just working on for a couple of years. Wow. And uh, so now I'm a, a published author professional speaker, seminar presenter. I envision one day being down in Australia, getting a following and being down in Australia and putting a bunch of single people together for a weekend or a week and showing them ways to meet other people and fall in love. Awesome, brother. That's great. Congratulations on your books. That's really cool. In terms of dating nowadays, I think that the men can make a lot of mistakes. So, we can go into that and what mistakes you think men make, but I feel as though, and look, I'm, I've been in a relationship for a few years, so I'm not in the dating pool, but I'm looking Good. at it externally. And it seems as though men are being pushed to take the back seat and be less dominant, less in charge, and essentially discard their masculinity. How do you think men can still enhance their masculinity in a positive sense, of course, but while still being empathetic, while still being sensitive and not controlling women? You know, that's an excellent, excellent question. And it's probably the question that most people are asking right now. So I'm not going to answer that question directly first, mm. but I am going to explain how this sort of mixed upness happened. Uh, yeah. You know, if, if you were 15, 16, 17, 18 years old and you fell in love, whether you were a young girl falling in love with whoever or a young boy falling in love with whoever, if you got your heart broken, if she broke up with you, if her parents broke you up, if his parents, whatever, if your parents broke you up, and when you're 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, you, when you fall in love, you're all in. Mm. Everybody can relate to that. You don't mm. say, oh, I don't know, uh, I, I, I've been burned before. No, you haven't been burned before. You're all in. You're so excited. Yeah. And if you get your heart broken, uh, and I'm leading up to a point here, that <laughs> women have an advantage. They get to talk to their mothers, their cousins, their aunts, their girlfriends, any number of people they can talk to about their broken heart can a guy talk to anyone about a broken heart i mean have you ever seen like frank and joe in a gym uh in the locker room and frank breaks down and he starts crying to joe my girlfriend just broke up with me i'm feeling really vulnerable and i don't know what no, it's not gonna happen right so mm. a, a guy holds it all in and he has, doesn't have a way to help himself. So, ladies, if you think guys are being mean or nasty or cold, it's not quite like that. They're a bit 
they become a bit socially retarded because <laughs> they've been afraid to expose their hearts again and they've been hurt and they don't know what to do with those hurt feelings so in a way they become a little bit like robots where they say to themselves i still want to have sex i still want to socialize but i'm not taking a chance with this guy right here i'm going to start figuring out who would make the best girlfriend for me how sexy she is how pretty she is body parts whatever it is we've gone from feeling who we want to be with to thinking who we want to be with and that's created quite a problem now if you want to give me a few more minutes to talk mm. about this women in the last several three or four decades now they've grown up in dysfunctional families they've had drug addicts for fathers they've had alcoholics for fathers they've had absentee fathers fathers that disappeared on their wives uh fathers that worked so hard they were never home and this has created a situation where women have had to try to be in control as best as they can and they, to do that they've had to become a lot more masculine in nature to get through life and certainly when they reach the workforce they really got to turn on that masculinity if they're going to get anywhere and get the the job and get the position and get the commissions and get the raises they have to really turn on that masculinity there's a problem because the way it's worked for 5000 years do you know the flintstones at all do you know fred flintstone mm, yeah. and wilma yeah. all right that worked great for thousands <laughs> of years that said fred went out and worked the gravel pit and made the money and he came home and wilma did a beautiful job of keeping the home and the child and the dog and when he came home they had a, a very beautiful life together a lot of excitement but a beautiful life mm. together well that's the way it's worked for 5000 years the man played the masculine aggressive role in the relationship and the woman played the feminine receptive it's no better no higher nothing's any mm. more powerful th than exactly. any other if, if if a woman thinks it's less powerful to be a feminine receptive woman guess what if a man wants to be with her and she doesn't want to be with him she says no and that's it mm. she's got all the power it it makes me laugh when i hear women wanting to get equal power to why would they want to lower themselves to us guys when they've got all the power exactly. in the world really i mean every powerful leader has a a a wonderful wife so so the roles have switched and women have become very powerful and very masculine now here's the problem that doesn't work in love relationships if she's going to be masculine and he's going to be masculine they're going to butt heads all the time 
Mm. and there's going to be two type A personalities, that's really, it doesn't work. So rather than fighting for equality, fight for equity. Don't even fight. Recognize Mm. what each one gives the best of in a relationship Mm. and admire that and cherish that in a woman and respect that in a man. And that is the the biggest secret that I can offer that no matter what's going on in the world, being a masculine female isn't working in her best interest. So what does she do? She still, she has to stay, you know, masculine in the workforce, but when it comes to dating, she has to find a way to back down. She has to find a way to get softer. She has to find a way to get more feminine receptive. I had a teacher in Los Angeles that taught, uh, she, she'd come to a, a movie theater in Los Angeles every week and teach movie producers, directors, actors, actresses, casting directors, agents, managers, you name it. They all became very, very powerful but they came to see her because they were miserable in love. They had no love life. Mm. So the women got so carried away with trying to be successful in business that they're alone and lonely. So she said, if you want to, here's a shortcut. Whatever you have to do to bring out your feminine side before a date, take a hot bath, light the incense, light the candles, take a bath for a half hour. And let that masculine energy melt away so that when he walks in the door, you're not bossy, you're not telling him what to do. And that allows the man to be the masculine person that he has. It's in his DNA for the last Mm. 5,000 years. We're so lost now because we don't know what to do with masculine women. And I remember when I was uh, uh, still dating, you know, a while back, if I got, did my masculine thing and pursued someone, they were like, get lost. I don't want to, I don't want to know from you. And I had to wait for a woman to think I was okay and wanted to be with me. Mm. And guys think that that's cool. Guess what? It's not. And I'll tell you why. A man, secretly, he's not going to say this to anybody. A man wants to pick out his Wilma Flintstone and take her home to mom and dad. He Hmm. wants to pick out the woman he wants to be with. He doesn't want a woman to pick him. It doesn't work that way. Now, they might end up together, but it doesn't work that way. He wants to find someone who he can take home to mom and dad. And unless he picks her out, it's not going to work out. Mm, exactly right. And look, a, a couple of points from there that I wanted to touch on. First being, I hear a lot of women, probably younger women, say, oh, he was intimidated by my uh, assertiveness. or my... Men aren't intimidated by that. They're turned off by it. I think it's actually in in the reverse of that. I find that women are probably intimidated by a traditional masculinity because they don't know what to do with it and they feel that it 
you know, it's not who they naturally are to be masculine. It's force. That's right. And very good. Very good. So it's like wearing somebody else's shoes. You're walking around in somebody else's shoes. They're, mm. they're shoes, but they're not yours. You're mm. not comfortable in them. And when a, when a woman is a masculine, takes on a masculine role in relationships, she waits for that like feminine receptive guy who's standing against the wall for her to pick him out, right? And mm. they talk, and he, she, he doesn't have a job, or he has a part-time job, he doesn't work too hard, and she's thinking in her head, bingo, I get to be with a man who's there for me when I want him, sex, whatever it is, he's there at my calling. And yeah. then about three to six months down the line, she goes, you're such a lazy SOB. Can't you go out there and get a job? What is the matter with you? Why are you so lazy? She forgets that's why she picked him. Exactly. And he has to remind her, but that's why we're together, because I was so available and I wasn't doing anything, and you're paying the bills, and that was working out. But it doesn't work out in the long run. No, it's not sustainable. And so then moving on to relationships out of dating, a couple of questions. But first off, why is it so important for guys to have that sensitive, caring, kind of take care of you, partner, girlfriend, wife, whatever is at home? So you have to be a little careful because women say one thing and they really want another. Women say they want that sensitive, sweet guy. I've been that sensitive, sweet guy. I never get the girl. Mm -mm. They say they want that, but you look around to see who those hot women are with. They're not with sweet, passive, feminine, receptive guys. They're with tough, insensitive guys. Now, our job is to find a balance. Mm. Our job is to, in a way, calculate what that woman is, is looking for in a way. Now, a man can go off on his own and say, I'm going to be who I want to be, and that's it, and I'll wait. That, that could happen too, but he might die alone in his deathbed if he keeps that, that attitude up. So men have a difficulty in that they need to compromise. They need to find it, to, to bring out that sensitive side of them at times, not all the time. Mm. But I really have to say, and, and women, they're, they're not going to say I'm wrong, that women really want that kind of tough, masculine kind of guy. And uh, they say they want the soft, sweet, sensitive ones. That doesn't last long either. Mm. I think, yeah, what you said, it's it's about a balance. And I think that's really important. When shit hits the fan and everything's up in the air and there's struggles and challenges, there needs to be a strong, reliant pillar, which is going to be the man. But yeah. I still think it's really important that as guys, we're still able to be empathetic and, you know, sensitive to a degree and care for our partners. It doesn't necessarily, by being strong and masculine, it doesn't mean we don't have feelings or anything like that. It just means that we can take control of, you know, those challenging situations or when shit hits the fan, but 
we're still able to connect with our partner. I think that's really important. Yeah. You know, we can't be insensitive oafs. You know, mm. we have to learn to develop uh, sensitivities, not be a sensitive cry baby, but we do need mm. to uh, learn. And, you know, that's what a relationship coach can do. I don't know where guys would learn that other than if they get their hearts broken. And I still don't know where they would learn how to be sensitive unless they had teacher. Uh, you know, we don't all know everything. We, we need teachers. We need one-on-one mm. -on -one relationship coaching. It's, a, it's needed desperately, but guess what? People don't even know that's available. They don't even know they need it. They have to admit their imperfections. They have to admit that they don't know something, and people don't like doing that. Admitting that you don't know something doesn't look like it's a very masculine thing, but it super is. Mm. That's where your sensitivity comes from when you're, instead of just going around like an insensitive oaf and saying stupid things, you mm. need to... You need to be able to find teachers who can help you. Uh, and my goal is to help as many people as I can find love. I don't want people to be alone and lonely in their 40s and 50s and 60s. Um, it's not a good thought for me that people are heading in that direction. And I want to do whatever I can to help them. And they just need to be able to reach out to me or somebody like me for assistance, for help. And that's a super masculine thing to do. Mm, it is. It's really well said, Bruce. I think that, yeah, guys think if they admit they don't know something or they're not, you know, they're inept in some areas, that's that's masculine. It's not a, a weak thing to do to admit you don't know something because if you pretend you know something that you don't know, then you're obviously insecure because you're lying, right? And that's not masculine. So I think it's really important and powerful to actually admit you need help, admit that you need a, a teacher or you need to learn something and go out and work out how to do that. Yeah, who doesn't need a teacher? I mean, mm. what, what what would you do if you never went to school, if you never went to exactly. elementary school, if you never went to whatever it is you have there, middle school or high school? Well, what, mm. what would you know? You exactly. wouldn't know much of anything. You would just be like a wild animal. But that's the way it is in relationships right now. We're like mm. wild animals. If we haven't learned anything, we're like, oh, well, I'll just do this or I'll just do that. And I don't know how to do that. You, you've got to learn. You need teachers. You know, mm -hmm. I can do seminars from here in South Florida. We, You and I could work together and get 10, 12 people on this Zoom sometime. And mm. let's just talk. Let them ask questions. Let them learn. Maybe that's an idea that we can do. Mm -hmm. If you know people that are there that need help, let's do a seminar. Well, we could spend an hour together with 10 or 12 people and let's see what happens. I'd be up for that. Absolutely. I think it's, it's a good point. Everything we know, we've learned it. So there's no shame in continuously learning. I think it's really important, which then ties into the last question around, I guess, the responsibility we have as men. I think we have a role to play, which means taking on more of a burden than our partners. So if they're you know, going through challenges or stress, we naturally take on a bit of that for them because naturally more stronger. But we also need to find a balance of not bottling everything up. So how can we, I guess, 
dedicate time in our day or our week to de-stress and unload, but uh, without being too sensitive. I love where you're going with this. Um, you know, uh, a few minutes ago, we started talking about women who said, uh, I'm so strong, men are put off by me. Or, you know, uh, have you ever seen the show The Bachelor? Have you ever seen that show at all? Yeah, I have, unfortunately. Okay. So every once in a while, you get a woman on The Bachelor saying, you know, I'm just so strong. I'm just so independent. Uh, no man can handle me. Well, here's the problem with that. It's not that no man can handle you. You said it before. No man yeah. wants to handle that. No exactly man right. wants to fight with their woman. They want to be together with a woman. You want to have soft and hard, soft and hard together. But exactly. here's something else that's uh, so, so important. And what got me together with my wife? We've been together 25 years now. And I learned from what I learned, I learned that stuff from what I was picking up and learning, and I put it into my own life. I realized one thing. A masculine man needs to know they have a place in a woman's life. When these women say, I'm so independent, I don't need anybody. Mm. Okay. Good on you. All right. You don't <laughs> need anybody? Good luck with that. See how far that gets you. But when my wife, I saw a woman who was leaving a place in her life, a space in her life for me to be mm -hmm. there for her. And I realized that is a super important thing for me to not just be third or fourth or fifth uh, on importance. I want to tell you a story that happened to me out in Los Angeles. I spent 10 years out there in the entertainment industry in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And one time I met a girl. She was so beautiful. Oh, my God. Um, I met her two different times in Hollywood. Imagine meeting two different people, like traveling in Sydney and meeting someone in Melbourne. How does that happen, right? It doesn't. I met this girl twice within a few weeks' time, and she was so lovely. She was so beautiful. She, it turns out that she was a dancer on one of the TV shows. I won't say which one because it will really age me. But she was a dancer. <laughs> And she was so sweet. And I said to her, would you like to go out? She said, yes. I said, oh, wow. Really? She said, yes, of course. She gave me her number. And I said, okay, it's now Monday. How about if I call you on Wednesday? And I'll call you at around 7.30 and I'll pick you up around 8. Great. I call her at 7.30. She no home. <laughs> I called her at 20 of 8. She no home. Quarter of eight, she no home. Ten to eight, eight minutes to eight, seven minutes to eight, she no home. Finally, at 8.15, I called her, kept calling her. She picked up the phone. I said, hi, we, we, we had a date here tonight. She says, I know. I was at my agent's and I had a dance class. The... the you still want to go out? And that was such a loaded question because I could have really, whew, I could have really fallen for this girl.
But if there was no place in her life for me because she was so busy being an actress, taking uh, lessons, acting lessons, dance classes, going here, going to this audition, going to that audition, I was going to suffer. And mm -hmm. I learned an incredible lesson in my life at that point that I wanted to be able to have a space in someone's life. I wanted to be important in mm -hmm. someone's life. I didn't want to be a third or fourth choice or third or fourth of importance. So that taught me a huge lesson. And I really couldn't find anyone whose life I wanted to be a part of that wanted me to be a part of their life until I found my wife. Mm, that's such a cool story. That's well said. And I think that 99% of guys, if they're honest with themselves, could relate to that. We don't want to be a third or second option. We want to occupy an entire space. And yep. on what you said initially about girls saying we can't handle them, blah, 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 blah. There's actually a video of um, Andrew Tate interviewing a, a lady and she said, oh, you couldn't handle me. I want it. I need a guy who could handle me. We don't want to have to handle the woman. We want to come home. We want to be in a loving relationship. We want to you know, be supported and, and have someone who's nurturing. We don't want to have to handle someone who, why would we want to go through extra challenges? Good luck to her. She's going to go until she comes off that high horse about how independent she is and how strong she is until it's good to have some of that, hmm. but you're not going to attract a masculine, uh, healthy man talking like that to them. They're going to go, Hey baby, God bless you. Good luck. I need to find someone that needs me in their life. I, I'm, I'm not going, I'm not going to put myself in for this. Mm, exactly right. And the type of guy that's going to attract is a beta simp. And then the girl's going to be unhappy with him. She's going to probably end up cheating on him and walking all over him. And then they complain about the relationship, but they've attracted that guy. See, her heart got closed a long time ago. Remember I mm. told you that story about you got your heart broken when you're 15, 16, 17, 18? Yeah. A lot of people were never able to trust again. Yeah. Especially because they liked that same kind of guy who may have broken their hearts, that rough and ready guy, that insensitive guy, the one who cheated on her. And who is she going to be attracted to? The same kind of guy until she recognizes that that's not going to get her because she's cool, smells good, sounds good, owns the right car, owns the right house in the right neighborhood, a boat, whatever it is. Whatever it is she keeps going for that petty choice. She's going to keep getting hurt because that guy is not taking her into his life for her heart. He's taking her in for her looks, her sexuality, yeah. her sensuality, and promises of great sex. And yeah. he, the guy knows that she's opening him herself up to him because uh, he's got a, the car she's looking for, mm. the house he's, she's looking for. And it, yeah. it becomes horse trading, horse trading. But I wrote a book called Body Traders. And what right. I just described to you is body trading. If you have mm -hmm. enough of what I want, I'll give you some of what I have. And it becomes mm -hmm. a trade. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing loving about that at all.
And yeah. here's the real downside to that. The man knows that if a woman lets him into her life because of what he owns, someone else could always have more. Exactly right. Exactly and he's right. going to be insecure that if she picked me for what I have, I'm getting a little older and there's always richer guys out there. What do you think mm -hmm. a girl is feeling? I know he's into me because of my booze, my body, my face, my sexuality, what I put out there to the world. Mm -hmm. But I also know in the back of my head, I'm getting older and I'm losing some of my looks. He could change his mind. Mm. That's a great point. Where does point, love Bruce. fit into that? It doesn't. It doesn't at all. And I guess, yeah, it... It's just people looking for accessories, not a, a meaningful relationship. That's right. They're all really good points, Bruce. So final question, something that I ask everyone, it's become a bit of a segment now. If you were to pick your number one thing, whether it's a mindset or a skill or a habit or anything along those lines that's made you the best man you can be, what would it be? Just my, my willingness to change course. My willingness, if something wasn't working, some people ram their heads into a wall because that's the wall that they want. I do some of that, plenty. I do some of that. Mm. But I've become very skilled and able at a lot of different things because if something wasn't working for me over here, I went over here and I started learning how to do this because this wasn't working. So it's mm. my sensitivity to the world. It's my desire to put people, God's people first. Not first, but people are important. I don't want to mm. do anything that will hurt anyone. I'm not going to step on anybody to get where I want to go. I'm not going to hurt anybody. It's got to come together in a way that I help me, I help my family, I help my friends, I help people in the world. And that's why I wrote these two books. The second one we didn't talk about yet. People can find my books at Amazon under Bruce Starr, S-T-A-R-R, -R, Bruce Starr. You'll be able to find my books there. I've actually changed the name of Body Traders. I held on to that for like 12 years. <laughs> and I had a discussion with some people, and they said, think about this name. And the name that they came up with, spent a lot of time coming it together, was uh, A Lost Soul's Guide to Love. A body trader is a lost soul. Mm. He's not experiencing love. He's not experiencing kindness. He's a lost soul. This book has will be a lost soul's guide to love awesome man thanks for sharing that all really good points a really good i guess outlook as well on being uh, fluid and not you know if something's not working out you don't always have to stick to it it's a great point man thanks for coming on the show i really appreciate your time share some great stuff great to great to be here nick uh i had a great time thanks so much for having me
Alrighty boys, thanks for listening to another installment of Man Talk on the Positive Masculinity Podcast. I hope you learned something that's going to help you improve your life and drive you towards becoming the most powerful and valuable man that you can possibly be. Now, as I said earlier, for a limited time, I'm offering my five-day self-confidence challenge completely free. If you want to enroll, you can jump onto www.bettermindsbody.com.au forward slash course forward slash five-day challenge. That's the number five-day challenge which is going to teach you exactly how you can start building your self-confidence as well as all the habits, the mindsets, and the skills that you're going to need to maintain it. Not only that, but it's going to give you actionable steps that you can start taking today so you can start building your self-confidence. So if you do want to register, click that link in the description. Otherwise, have a great day, have a great night, get out of your comfort zone, and keep on keeping on. I'll catch you on the next episode.